Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the One Ministry Question Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and today I'm here with Dan Eitan. Hey, hey. And we are going to talk about using your space well. So the question is, how do I utilize my space between Sundays? Like to, to the best of my ability. So some people would have different takes on this. Some would say, oh, um, how do I use it to bring in extra income? Yep. Um, but I'm probably going to focus. I want to focus our time on how to bring in extra people. Mm-hmm. So Dan, what, like when I, when I talk about leveraging your space between Sundays, I know at least the last place you were, you, you were in a church plant and y'all didn't have a space. Between <laughs> yeah. Sundays. Our space was used as a middle school for the uh, public County. <laughs> um, but no, we actually utilized another church's space. Um, a, we uh, used the church down the road, let us use their space for meetings and for, we did some classes like emotionally healthy spirituality and other things in their space on, you know, random nights of the week that they didn't have other programming. So I've definitely ad- taken advantage of other places like that. So, okay, let's unpack that for a minute because I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of churches that are approached to host other churches in their space. I know that uh, pretty much every church I've ever, uh, not every church I've ever worked at, but a lot of churches I've, I've uh, been at, we hosted other churches sometime throughout the week, sometimes a different time, you know, meeting time than our Sunday morning or Sunday night. Um, they were even meeting, you know, during, during some of our key ministry times. Mm-hmm. How did you, I don't know, like, how do you be a good host or, or like, you know, what did you learn, I guess, from that process? Yeah. Um, I think f- for us, it was, it was a really unique situation. We, our church was Southern Baptist. The church we used was, um, Methodist and, um, but yet we were, you know, down the road from each other. And surprisingly enough, we formed a really good friendship and bond between our churches and what we were doing in the communities. But what I learned was, um, you know, they, they, they had a really well run system. They actually had a process. They had a policy document that asked us to do certain things and to have, you know, we had to provide insurance information. We had some rules of, you know, how they wanted things set back up at the end of our time. Um, so I, you know, in, in doing that process, I learned like having that well thought out and having policy statements of what you are willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept happen at your church is really helpful for whether it's another church that comes in or whether it's like some other outside group um, that's going to be using the space. You know, they were very clear uh, alcohol was not to be used on their church campuses. But (laughs) the fact that they had that in a policy document was very well thought out. Well, yeah. And, you know, a number of churches will host uh, Alcoholics Anonymous as an example of uh, a community organization that needs a place, you know, to meet. Um, and so I do think having a policy in place is, or, uh, uh, again, I don't know why I went back to policies already. They're like, Todd, I thought you said you hated policies. You've talked about policies <laughs> in the last couple of podcasts. What's wrong with you? But having something like that is really good because what you're doing is you're providing the outside organization 
clarity. You're providing, first of all, you're providing yourself, your leaders, um, your staff, uh, clarity on, Hey, this is what we allow and what we don't allow. So it gives us an opportunity to deny someone, uh, and have that, you know, already written out in the policy. So we don't perhaps get sued for no reason. Um, or we don't get, uh, in trouble for treating different groups, um, in, in different ways. There's always an opportunity for that to happen, but you know, at least you've got a policy in place and you can be clear on why we said yes to this group and no to that group. Also having things, um, from a coverage standpoint as well as important. So are we, you know, you mentioned insurance, things like that need to be considered. But the beautiful piece about this is, you know, I know, um, a LifeWay research study was done not too terribly long ago, uh, about four years ago. And a third of people said, um, you know, uh, they found only a third of unchurched people said they would be interested in visiting a worship service. But almost, uh, almost everybody was open to attending a community event at a church. So about 70%, I can't remember. I don't want to say the exact number. I just know it was about two thirds said, Hey, we would go, um, for a meeting about, you know, our neighborhood or a community event. Um, many would take part in a, uh, a service, a community service event hosted by the church that was, uh, either at the church or, um, just, you know, in the neighborhood, but hosted by the church but we're talking about the building here. So hosting a community service event at your church, whether it's backpacks or it's, you know, turkeys around Thanksgiving, whatever it is, um, people are much more willing to participate in something like that. That's a community service initiative, even if it's hosted at your church. So there's things that you can do there. Um, many churches will have food pantries. Many churches will have a clothing ministry. Um, yep. You know, those things are uh, a great utilization as well. But what are some other unique, um, what are some other unique things? I mean, yeah, church, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, one of the things that we've found to be really successful um, for people that were not necessarily Christians was even just having like a parents night out event um, where you could bring your kids, pay $2 and we're going to feed them and entertain them for a little bit while you get a date night. Um, you know, things like that were found wildly successful for us. Right. Um, I mean, you know, it's the same reason VBS is successful at churches. Um, Vacation Bible School is an opportunity for parents. They, they know that they can drop their kids off and come back, you know, two hours later and their kid will have had a great time. Um, and it, it's just a, it's a blessing to them. I mean, other unique things that I've seen churches do would be, um, like movie nights, uh, or drive-ins, you know, where they show a movie, a family friendly movie on the side of a church. Um, using the church grounds for a festival. If you're um, located in a small town or downtown kind of area as well, you know, throughout the year, so sometimes there's things that people can uh, utilize the church for. Even parking uh, can really bless your community. But, you know, bounce houses, things like that are great around times of parades. 
Um, what are some other unique things that you've seen churches do? Well, well, Todd, I actually wanted to ask you a question as regards okay. to that. How do you figure out whether you're going to make somebody from the outside, whether it's a community, another church, uh, whether or not they need to pay or not? Any recommendations? Wow. Well, um, it really depends on uh, your church budget and it depends on the ministry opportunity that's there. Um, if it is a, um, if it is something that's more for convenience than ministry, then I would say I'm more willing for them to pay something. Um, if it's about ministry, then it's a, man, it's a, a free gift. Um, even if I have to get somebody to sponsor that, uh, that is, you know, a church member, if it's outside my budget, um, then I'll do it. But, you know, in many instances, um, I was able to do things that were either free or we had budgeted and just say, Hey, this is ministry for our community. Whether that would be like, you know, a health clinic that was there a certain, you know, certain nights or homeless ministry, uh, that, you know, utilizes the church to stay, uh, so many nights, uh, a year, different things like that, that. We, you know, we, we wanted our church to be used. We have this huge building or buildings um, that are able to be used. And it makes sense, you know, to be able to do that. Um, county events, uh, city events, sometimes taking place there. I mean, you know, a, a lot of times um, we have space that otherwise would have to be rented or cost a great deal. So it's not a bad idea, um, to make your space available, uh, make sure the chamber of commerce knows and that you could rent that space out or decide, Hey, we're just going to host it for free. But in both instances, I think having a clear, uh, policy in place for, Hey, these are the types of events that we, you know, don't make pay anything. And <laughs> these are the, the people that we do make pay a little something is still important just so nobody feels, uh, slighted. And I think, I think at a, um, you know, if you're concerned about a particular group, it might not be a bad idea to have in your policy that you, you know, have a, a, a deposit in case something happens that you'll pull from the deposit. If they, you know, something goes awry, um, that might be a good way to relieve any concerns of, of other people within your church. But if it's a free event, they just put a deposit down. If they didn't do anything wrong, it goes back to them or, you know, things like that might help cause some, uh, ease some tensions. Absolutely. There's, there's plenty of stuff that I've seen, uh, uh churches do even using, um, uh, in more recent years, you have a lot of community gardens, uh, that happen at churches that, you know, have extra land for expansion. Um, that can be anything from true community garden where you, you know, it's basically got a fence around it and you let people, Hey, this is your, you know, 10 by 10 by six foot plot. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you just let different families do that. Or it, it can be something like, uh, you know, a field of sunflowers that, Yep. You just have the, a, a sunflower festival. There's a, a church that, um, is down the road from, uh, from our, we just moved about a year ago, but before that there was a church right down the road 
that um, they were going to be moving to this plot of land, but weren't yet. They, they, they weren't building yet. And so they literally created a massive garden and I can't remember the number of, of families they fed out of it, but mm-hmm. you know, church members would come in and work. Community people could come and work uh, to sign up to volunteer. And, you know, man, that's just a beautiful thing uh, that I guarantee you um, that churches made a great name for themselves in the community, whether that, whether the people attend church or not, whether they're Christians or not. Um, it's just a good look. Absolutely. <laughs> to yeah. good look for the church and Christianity. So, and you're building when churches do those types of things rather than say no, 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 no to everything. Yeah, for sure. And you know, the beautiful thing about this is if you can get somebody to come to your church, you know, whether it be a farmer's market or a community event or whatever that looks like, they are one step closer to coming on a Sunday morning. You know, when they come, they're going to be that much more at ease having been to your church before and more familiar with the church community. And that is a huge win. You know, when something, the the bottom drops out from their life, they are going to be so much more open to coming to your church um, to find what we all know is found in Christ. So really great things can be done to leverage your building um, to reach the community. And, and we hope that this podcast today has been helpful. And we hope that you'll join us again on future episodes here of the One Ministry Question podcast. 